This message is part of the teaching provided by House on the Rock Fellowship, a church caring for the Miami Valley region. Before you listen, be sure to access the notes in the download section of the message page. Have a Bible ready. Thank you for being our guest. Hi, good morning. So good to see you. Uh, smiling faces and people online. Uh, happy Father's Day. Happy, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I am not Pastor Paul. My name is Aaron. Um, pitch hitting. Pinch hitting? Father's pinch. Not a pitch. Pinch. Keep, keep it straight. Good. Um, yeah, how, how you doing? Good. Yeah, I'm, I'm too. I'm good. Good. Um, let's start. start with some scripture. Um, would you stand for the reading of God's word? Okay. Okay. This is, uh, this is Matthew chapter 11. Um, Jesus says, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you've hidden these things from the wise and the learned, and you've revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, because this was your good pleasure. All things have been entrusted to me by my Father. And no one knows the Son except the Father. And no one knows the Father except the Son and anyone to whom the Son desires to reveal him. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. All of you take up my yoke and learn from me, because I'm gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for yourselves. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You may be seated. Um, <laughs> do, you ever, do you ever feel like that? Like, uh, we've come to church for the gospel, for the good news, and we are so loaded down with all of our junk. And we're carrying it with us. Um, there's some good things in here. Uh, this luggage, uh, we've, we've done some traveling, and I love traveling. Anyone love traveling? Yeah, yeah, of course. And we're so thankful for our luggage, yes? Oh, yeah, yeah. we're so thankful for all this stuff uh, that God has provided for us and being able to uh, have a change of clothes and... Having some provision, it's good, uh, until it's not good. <laughs> uh, any overpackers? <laughs> yes? Have you? Um, oh, I, I'm, I'm working on it. I'm an overpacker um, in process. Every, every time we go somewhere, uh, I, I, think, I think I just get a little, a little better. But, man, if you've been on a trip and you're, like, carrying too much stuff and you know you're carrying too much stuff. Um, but you never know when you're going to need, like, that third sweater, right? 
right? Um, and maybe you'll have an accident, so you need like 12 pairs of underwear, and you, just, you don't know. You don't know. Uh, you got to hedge your bets. <laughs> We're going to talk about baggage, um, talking about traveling light. And I don't know if you knew this, but my day job is not preaching. That was a joke. Okay, good. Uh, you know what I, what I do? Uh, I teach art, and it's, it's fantastic because I am an artist, and someone pays me money to hang out with artists and just like, yeah, uh, make art. What? Yeah, that, that career exists. Suckers. They've, they've, they pay me for it. Um, so I thought, okay, as, as, a, as a way in to this topic, to all of this, um, maybe we'll just, uh, actually, maybe nothing will happen. <laughs> uh, okay. No? Okay. We're going to talk about drawing. And uh, if nothing else, you'll learn a little something about me. Here we go. Yeah. How many, how many draw? Yeah, excellent. Excellent. Now, how many used to draw? Everyone used to draw. Yeah? I mean, we, we all were drawers at one point in our life. And we all had like a box of crayons. Lola had her own box of crayons because she was such an enthusiastic drawer. Her kindergarten class had like crayons for the class and then Lola's crayons because she would, she would draw. I loved the ferocity of her drawings. And she loves me telling that story. Uh, we were all drawers at one point, and then something happened. You, like, I don't know, looked over your shoulder, and you saw that kid sitting over there, and he's a better drawer than you. And you're like, oh, man. Or maybe you're like, I want to draw um, a sloth riding a unicorn. And you attempt it, and it just goes sideways. You're like, that does not look like a sloth riding a unicorn. And you just kind of retire from drawing. And we say now that, like, oh, I only draw stick figures. Or... I can't even draw a, what do we say? Straight line. Yeah, where did that come from? Where did drawing a straight line become the criterion by which one draws or doesn't draw straight lines? Can you draw a straight line? Yes or no? You, you cannot draw. Uh, um, <laughs> so I get, to, I get to teach drawing. And I thought, this would be fun. We, could, we can draw. Um, we spent some time drawing. For me, drawing is an exercise in seeing. I think to learn to draw is to learn to see. Yeah? Um, if nothing comes from the drawing, if it's crap, can I say crap from up here? Already did. Already did. Uh, if nothing comes from the drawing, then you parking yourself in front of a thing, an object, drawing allows you to sit with it, experience it, um, all of this luggage has come from some various trips, and on some of those trips, I've been able to sketch and paint and draw. And I tell you, it beats the pants off just taking a, a camera somewhere and chicka 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 chicka. You know how we do? And we just chicka 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 chicka, and then we like get home and be like, where was I? I don't even remember. Oh, I, I have some, I have photographs, um, but we like see that thing through our little phone screen. Yeah, and we just run, snapping uh, photos. Uh, I have been places and parked myself for an extended period of time and just sat with that thing. 
and struggled through maybe, maybe a bad drawing. It didn't really matter because the experience was what I was after. And the drawing itself is just a memento of that experience. You ever done that? Have you ever had that opportunity? It's fun. We should all do it. Who, who wants to travel together? We can, okay. Shells are in. Okay. Yeah. Drawing is an exercise in seeing, regardless of the quality of the drawing. And the thing is, we don't see very much. And we don't see very often. Is that true? Um, the world is too complicated. And our eyes, uh, the, the detail that we can perceive, the colors and textures and the variety of all the little minutia of this world is so much that your brain just like shuts it off. And so as you were driving in this morning, did you drive? We drove in this morning? Yeah, yeah. How much do you remember of that drive? Um, right? I have a 45-minute commute that I take um, during my school year to Cedarville University, and my car can get there by itself. It's amazing. I just, like, park myself in the seat, I have a cup of coffee, and the car just, boom, it does the whole thing, and I wake up, and I'm there. I'm like, oh, how'd I get here? That's great. <laughs> I don't have to see any of it, and I think that's how most of our life works, isn't it? Your brain is fantastic at simplifying, of categorizing, um, of creating a kind of shorthand. For an example, let's, um, here, you got some notes this morning. Uh, I left a little, if you've got the bulletin, little note guy. Um, okay, um, one note here. This really bothered my wife in the first service, so I've got to mention it now. For whatever reason, um, my little fill in the blanks don't go totally in order. So the first one on there, the first one on there, you're going to get a little bit later. So don't freak out when the first fill in the blank isn't the first one on your paper. Because you, you people are here. And you're actually the ones we're talking to this morning. So don't, don't freak out. Okay, but anyway, uh, I left you a little blank at the top. We're going to draw. Okay, we're going to draw. Here's what I want you to draw. Draw a smiling face. Easy. You got this. Draw a smiling face. What's it look like? Easy to do. We don't even need a lot of time to do it, right? Hmm? You're thinking too much. Okay, if you played along, you probably know where this is going anyway. Um, I'm guessing, unprompted, I say draw a smiling face, most of us would end up with something like this. It's a smiling face. Yes? You get something like that? You can show your neighbor, show off a little bit, show your drawing abilities. Yes? Looks good. Neil, what you got? Same thing. Same thing. Smiling face. Smiling face. I have no idea where we all learned that. We all didn't go to the same school. No one taught you to draw the smiling face, did they? It, we've all inherited it somehow, and it exists in our brain. Draw a smiling face. That's what it looks like. Have you ever seen someone walking down the street like that? 
And if you did, how terrifying would that be? You're just like walking around, what has happened to your face? Why is it so round? You're terrified, no eyebrows. That's, the, that's your takeaway, okay. <laughs> and yet it works perfectly. It communicates exactly what we wanted to. I think that's, that's kind of how our brain works. Uh, you've heard this division between left brain and right brain, yeah? And the left brain is this, it's a powerful computer that wants to understand the world and it wants to order everything, right? It puts things into categories. It puts them in file folders. And those of us that operate primarily out of left brain, you've got those file folders. Everything is color-coded and you know where everything belongs. Yes, and when you run into a new situation, it gives you a little pause, but then you, okay, you process it, I understand it, I can deal with it. And I, I, I love those, those persons, because they keep me in, in track, right? Uh, they organize things, they love order. Um, right brain folks, yeah? The, the right brain loves bringing in disparate voices, it loves gathering. It loves thinking laterally. Um, it loves kind of dissonance, of making these odd connections here and there. Yeah? It, it loves novelty, uh, things that don't exist in a file folder. Um, if we all lived there, it'd be kind of chaos. Yes, my wife shakes her head. No, no thank you. No thank you. So there is, there is some balance. Um, but so much of our life that we experience day in, day out, walking around, driving, isn't life itself, isn't the thing. It is, it's those concepts. It's those ideas. It's the things that live in your head versus the reality of it. It's a shorthand. It's you understanding the world, right? So your mental concept is kind of a filter through which we experience the world. We see the world through concepts. That's what we do. Um, it speeds things up. I'm thankful for it. And yet, at the same time, it's not the world. Um, someone once said, and this will blow your mind, um, one of the final barriers to experiencing God is our concept of God. What we think God is, is a, is a file folder. Um, of course, any mental concept of God can't be God. Yes? Um, even this thing is a concept. Your brain isn't divided half and half. You don't have a left brain and a right brain. It's a shorthand that allows us to understand something. It's a tool. And at some point... Um, that tool can be helpful and it can get in the way. Like all this stuff. All this stuff can be helpful or it can get in the way. Um, a couple of takeaways with drawing and then we'll run from here. Drawing for me is, I already said, seeing. Um, it'll, it, it allows you to play with time in a different way. Have you ever been engrossed in something? Yeah, engrossed, like you are in it, and everything outside is just gone. Yeah, uh, you, you have something like that in your life? Oh, I love that feeling. 
Yeah, maybe for you it's music or maybe you're a mechanical, um, maybe you do like models or something. Uh, for, for me, drawing is just this thing on the paper or the canvas and something in front of me. You have to turn off all those labels. You have to turn off all those concepts. In fact, this is a cool exercise. A little later this afternoon, you'll be thinking back, um, uh, thinking about what we talked about. You'll think about drawing and you'll create, you'll want to create a drawing. I know you will. I know you will. And, and so, uh, here's what you do. Tackle that smiling face again. Tackle that. Um, get, grab yourself a, a photo of a person, right? And I'll ask you to draw it. But it's really complicated, isn't it? Those faces, they've got all kinds of like things going on and yeah, I don't know how to draw that. Take the photo and flip it upside down. That doesn't make any sense at all. But it does if your labels get in the way of you actually seeing the face, right? Because if I ask you to draw an eye, you're gonna draw an eye and it's got these like little pointy edges to it and there's like a circle in the middle and that's an eye. Right? And we're asked you to draw some lips, and I know how to draw lips. I know what those look like. I have, I have images. I have folders in my head. Those things exist. But of course, that's not at all what an eye or a nose or lips look like. And when you flip the image upside down, your brain is like, whoa, I got nothing. I can't help you here. And so now all you're seeing are edges. All you're seeing is contour. You're actually perceiving, for the first time, that face. Do that drawing. See how that turns out. I bet you. I bet you it'll be interesting, if nothing else. Actually see the thing. Um, being engrossed, being present. Oh, you have to be present to draw. If you remember a moment that you were engrossed in something, you were also present. Those things go kind of hand in hand. But most of the time, we're not engrossed. Most of the time, we're scattered. I don't know if there's ever been a more scattered people than us today. Don't, don't, you, don't you think that's true? We live with a supercomputer in our pocket that any moment could pull up any, any uh, uh, information, any kind of social connection with anywhere in the world at any time. And I'm just like, I'm, I'm like glued to it. I've got like Google brain. We'll even, no, how messed up is this? Uh, we will have lengthy conversations about what to watch we'll have like a, a Gosser movie night and we'll have like lengthy debates on what, what we want to spend time watching and we'll go back and forth and someone will suggest um, a movie and we're like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, that's it. Um, I, I want to watch that. I've been, I've been meaning to watch that for a long time. That sounds really good and we'll cue it up on some streaming thing and we'll all sit there and we'll get excited. I kid you not, five minutes in and we're all on our phones. And it's playing, and we're like, uh-huh, yep, yeah, uh-huh. Anyone? Anyone can relate? How messed up is this? We can't even be present for something that we've, like, set aside time. We're like, I want this. I want this. And not very much do we want it. Yeah, being present is kind of hard. There's a story. I love this story. Uh, there's a story of a, of a village matriarch. Um, this old woman, wise woman, lived there forever, and she throws a party at her house. And oh, the, whole, the whole town comes. And um, 
there's food and there's music and uh, there's laughter and it goes late into the night and everyone has a great time. And uh, things are winding down finally late into the evening and people are leaving and um, a man comes over to her. Let's, let's say it's the mayor, let's say it's someone important. And says, oh, thank you so much for having us in. Thank you for entertaining us. Uh, we had such a great time. Uh, I respect you so much. Could I give you back? Could I, could, I, could I do a little something? Could I wash your dishes? Could I do that? Would you allow me to do it? It'd be an honor. And the matriarch says, um, I, I mean, no offense, uh, but I don't think you're capable of washing the dishes. And the mayor is just like, he's, he's all of a sudden like agitated. He's angry. Like, what do you, do you know, what do you mean? I don't know how to wash. Who do you think I am? I don't know how to wash dishes. This is offensive. I'm, I'm offended. You've offended me. And she said, oh, I'm so sorry. I, I, I have no doubt that you know how to get dishes clean. I just don't think you know how to wash them. Which means, how often do we, do we do whatever we're doing just to accomplish the thing? Right? When was the last time you washed dishes just to wash the dishes? Don't we wash the dishes in order to get them clean? And we want to get them clean as fast as we possibly can? And that's why we're grumpy and agitated as we're washing them. I don't throw them around, right? All of that agitation comes from not being present with the thing. I'm guilty, uh, have been guilty of sometimes mowing the lawn and not wanting to mow the lawn. I think it's a waste of my humanity. <laughs> like, oh my goodness, this is a, such a waste of my time mowing the lawn. Or I could mow the lawn and be present with it, and experience it. What a difference. How much frustration do we all live in just because we want to constantly be somewhere else all the time? When the truth is, we are here and now, and we've always been, and we always will be. Oh, oh, this is, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, you have a past, yes? Shake your head, yep, yep. Uh, the year 1946, the year 1230, like they existed, that was a thing, right? Um, we have calendars, we have clocks, we have wa watches, I mean, that, that is true. Um, time is helpful. Um, but it's a little arbitrary. I already said that time is very flexible. Like time for me right now, standing here, like I don't know how far apart we are. You know, uh, some people here on the front row, we're like 10 feet away maybe. And yet time for me is flying by. And time for you is dragon. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're like, oh, come on. What is, the, we are here and now. What a, uh. um, <laughs> Right? It's relative. Time is, is kooky like this, 
Did you know, okay, did you know, this is, uh, gravity affects time? Yes, yes. Uh, the more gravity, uh, um, uh, the, the slower time goes. Yeah, um, which is why, like, we have to, we have to um, change the clocks in satellites versus clocks on the ground because they will run at different speeds because time is different the closer you get to Earth. And we have developed clocks with such precision. You can't, yeah, this is crazy, right? We've developed clocks with such precision that like um, you could set a clock on the ground and a clock on your nightstand and they'll run at slightly different speeds. Time is kooky. It's not this consistent thing. Um, you have always been now, and even when you think about the past, you're thinking about the past in the present. Past for you is a present memory, but it's always engaged now. Okay, okay. Um, here's the point. We don't ever want to be now. We're constantly trying to be somewhere else. We're, we're, we have such a difficult time with our brain being present with our body. Um, here's how a guy named Anthony DeMello puts it. I love this quote. Uh, by the way, this name, Anthony DeMello, if you wanted to look him up later, he, he writes this little thin book um, called Awareness that I would, if you like these themes at all, it'll wreck you. And if you don't like any of this stuff, then don't worry about it. But um, Awesome. Anthony DeMello. He says, the whole enjoyment of a symphony, yes, symphony, music, the whole enjoyment of a symphony lies in your readiness to allow the notes to pass. Think of a symphony that uh, held onto one note or just maybe like one player. There's like a violinist that just loves that one note and everyone else moves on, but no, this note, I love this note, it's my favorite. And they just keep playing it. That would be terrible. It'd be awful. The music, the musicality comes from allowing the notes to pass. So he suggests that we learn what it means to experience something fully and then drop it and move on to the next moment, uninfluenced by the previous one. He says, you'd be traveling with such little baggage that you could pass through the eye of a needle. And you'd know what eternal life is because eternal life is now, in the timeless now. Our little brains don't, um, don't understand, don't, don't comprehend eternity, right? What that looks like. And so we think of it in our little creature terms. We picture a calendar with little boxes, yes? And like, that's time. And then we picture eternity, and we just picture more boxes. And it's just going to keep going. Boxes as far as the eye can see. That's it. Mm. But what if eternity is just outside of time? What if, what if you've stepped into that moment from time to time? You've, you've been present. And everything just kind of uh, sloughs off your shoulders. And you're there. And then it's, it's gone, right? And then you're like running into the next thing and where am I going next and what am I going to eat and who do I need to call and what, what, blah, 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 blah. 
Matthew 6, 19 through 21, and again, verses 26 through 34. If you want to flip there, you can, but I'll have it on the screen, and I've actually got a different translation, so it's a very familiar passage, and this will give it to us in some slightly different language. Um, This is, again, Jesus talking. You'll recognize it. It says, Don't pile up treasure on earth, where moth and rust can spoil, and thieves can break in and steal, but keep your treasure in heaven where there's neither moth nor rust to spoil, and no one can break in and steal. For wherever your treasure is, you may be certain that your heart will be there too. Look at the birds of the sky. They never sow, nor reap, nor store away in barns. Them, And aren't you much more valuable to him than they are? Can any of you, however much he worries, make himself an inch taller? Why do you worry about your clothes? Consider how the wild flowers grow. They neither work nor weave, but I tell you that even Solomon in all of his glory was never arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothes the flowers of the field, which are alive today and burnt in a stove tomorrow, is he not much more likely to clothe you? (laughs) You little faiths. So don't worry. Don't keep saying, what shall we eat and drink and where? That's what the pagans are always looking for. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. So set your heart on the kingdom and his goodness. And all these things will come to you as a matter of course. So don't worry at all then about tomorrow. Oof, that's radical advice. Tomorrow can take care of itself. One day's trouble is enough for one day. Look at the birds of the sky. Um, Birds are free. Yes? Yeah? Um, So why aren't you? Uh, We asked this question last week in Cards About Humanity, uh, 9 a.m., House on the Rock Church, uh, right uh, right there. Uh, uh, We asked that question, and my wife said, uh, because birds don't have a mortgage. And I, I, like that, I like that answer a lot. Yeah, birds, birds are free. They, they, don't, they don't worry about a mortgage, do they? Uh, they can build their little nest. They're rocket scientists at it. And when, when an angry house owner tears it down, uh, they just go to the next tree, man. There's, there's uh, yeah, they're, they're free. We, on the other hand, what do we call it? We call it baggage. We've got stuff. And again, I'm so thankful for the stuff that God has blessed us with. Oh, the provision. He's given us a a home. We've got shelter. We've got food. Uh, All of our needs are met. Yes? Um, I'm so thankful for some of this stuff until, until it's no longer a blessing. Until I'm white knuckling it and I'm holding on and it defines who I am. Because we can do that, right? We, uh, we can know who we are through all of this stuff. Um, I have a past. Here it is. Here it is. It's, it's mine. Yeah, it's, that's my identity. Uh-huh. Uh, I, have, um, I have all my emotions. <laughs> uh, all of them, all two of them. Um, I have... <laughs> This is me, right? I can hold on to it. 
This can become who I am. Uh, I've got, oh, I've got my things. I am so thankful that the Lord blessed me uh, in, my, in my 30s with my dream car. I had my dream car that I'd wanted for years and years. It was a, okay, it was a mini Cooper S British racing green uh, with a, this um, camel leather interior. It was sweet. You could not fit a child seat in the back seat and a human in the front. We got rid of it. I'm so thankful that he blessed me with that so I, I could learn that that was not my dream car. In fact, I don't know that I ever want my dream car again. Every little pebble that hit it like hurt my soul. Every little scratch, parking it in a parking lot was like torture. I didn't want other people around it. It was terrible. I never want to own that again. Um, possession can be like that. All this emotional, psychological, physical stuff that's me, that I protect and I carry it around. We only exist now. Yeah? Now is the only time that God has provided for us. The past, that future, our brain keeps running out there, keeps like inventing this stuff, right? Now is the only time that God meets with us. His presence creates this space that we're in, right? He holds us together. We swim in him. We don't, we don't have to, although I love that first song that we sang, yes? Uh, we don't ever have to invite God's presence. We have to be mindful that God's presence is always here. It's us that are constantly fighting the present moment. You have to make space for presence or else all of this stuff keeps accumulating. We just, we fill it up. You are not your past. You're not your imagined future. You're not your sickness. <laughs> uh, you're not your health. You're not anger or your depression. You're not your happiness. Um, we find our identity in who God is, who he made us to be in Christ. Um, that presence, the presence of God, I'd like to call peace. I think that's what peace is. It's not an emotion. I don't feel peace. And say I don't feel peace. I don't... I know what feel, peace is supposed to feel like. That's not what it is. It's, it's being in the very presence of God and that fullness, um, that utter, utter rightness. Though the world may be like burning around you, yes, you're in, you're in the presence of God. It's not a possession. Okay, so... Um, the second fill-in-the-blank says this, peace cannot be possessed. It's not a piece of baggage. In fact, we have to lose some of this stuff in order to find it. You've got to make space for that presence. 
And that's going to hurt. Because we like safety, we like power, we like control, we like being important, we like calling the shots, we like building our own kingdoms, even if we're building kingdoms for God. Uh, I'll, I'll build your church for you, man. I got this. I'll take care of it. You just leave it to me. <laughs> uh, the good news of the gospel is God loves us so much, he will break us all. Peace can only be found uh, in brokenness. Because all this stuff, man, it's not going to do it. It's not going to do it. Um, you know that thing that's going to make you happy? Get it. Run after it. And then you'll find that it's not. <laughs> yeah, go do it. Um, because then you'll realize it was a dead end. It's, it's your dream car, and it's going to hurt you. This is how Paul puts it in Galatians 2, uh, verse 20. Again, I'll have it up here, here on the screen. He says, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but it's Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Now, I've got a little beef with this passage because uh, uh, Paul was never crucified. He was beheaded once, I think, but he was never crucified. I mean, the man was, what was he, shipwrecked and uh, beaten, flogged, stabbed, shot, uh, you, you name it, but not crucified. Um, but here's what he realized, I think. And this is what we are attempting to realize. If I were to ask who wants, who wants to be in the presence of God, we would say, oh yeah, that's me. Sign me up for that. Um, well, Jesus is God. He is the incarnation. He's Emmanuel. He has come. He's revealed God to us. Um, do we want to be in the presence of God enough to share with Christ in his life his death, his suffering, his resurrection. I think that's what it means. It's, it's why I sometimes call this our logo. Um, Christian logo, it's the cross. It's a torture device. Uh, we die. Paul has died to all of this stuff that he used to live by, used to define him, used to understand this world. He's died to it all. He says he was crucified with Christ. He no longer lives. But in that, he finds the germ, the kernel, the seed of all life in Christ, living in him. Presence. But he had to die to a lot of stuff to get there. Yes? If we don't understand this, we are going to be really frustrated Christians. Yes? Our faith could just be another, another thing. I got this. He says it has to be faith because God doesn't even, God's not a possession. It's not a thing. It's not another thing among things. God is a no thing. God is uh, uh, experienced through faith. We have to make space for this. Um, 
that first fill in the blank, I promised uh, we would get there, but it's a little out of, out of sync. I don't know how I did it, but I did. You want another name for brokenness? Uh, we're going to call it grace. Grace is brokenness. What? What are you... Really? Again, this is how Paul puts it. I don't have this one for the screen, but in Ephesians 2, he says, But even though we were dead in our sins, God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love that he had for us, he gave us life together with Christ. It is, remember, by grace and not by achievement that you are saved. He has lifted us right out of the old life to take place Take our place with him in Christ in the heavens. Oh, uh, uh, it goes on to say, no one can pride himself upon earning the love of God. Uh, grace is wonderful for, you know, uh, obliterating our past and our sins. We, we love that. But grace obliterates your future too. Um, there's nothing I can add to this thing. There's no way I can earn it. I'm never going to make myself pretty enough that God was like, yeah, that's what I was talking about. Good, good for you. No, grace, <laughs> it's, it's your shameful acts. It's your past sin. It doesn't matter. It's your most amazing accomplishments. They don't matter. Uh, it's both or it's neither. Grace is our brokenness. Peace. It's always available in the here, in the now, in the one place, one place that God has designed for us to live. This eternal moment, the timeless now. Well, we've got to lay down a lot of stuff We've got to lay down a lot of stuff that gets in the way. Um, at the very bottom of your notes, uh, I put together a little prayer. It may not look like it initially, but it is kind of jazzing around the Lord's Prayer, how we started this whole service. And it says, Good Father, glorify yourself in all that you are creating. Because creation is ongoing. We're in the middle of it. Right? Uh, it's not finished yet. What it will be has not yet been revealed. We get to be a part of it. Glorify yourself in all that you're creating. I return to you my will. I lay it down. That you might conform it to your good pleasure as, it, as on earth as it is in heaven. Conform it. I return to you my life that you might continue it in the abundance of your provision, uh, our daily bread, right? Everything that we possess is his gift to us. It's his provision. It becomes a problem when I want to hold on to the whole thing. May I know your grace as it passes through me into the lives of others. Again, can't hold on to the thing without it becoming poisonous. A grace... <laughs> A grace that's for us oh, is no longer a good story. And may evil be granted no place to hide from the light of your presence. Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from evil. 
Um, as, as the artists come back up, um, um, I think it would be appropriate to end uh, with, with praying this prayer together. We all have a lot of baggage. Yeah? Uh, we all have a lot of things that we would call me or mine. I own it. They define me. It's who I am. It's who I want to be. That's uh, part of my, my past. Um, and peace is only found in the presence of God as we, as we make space for him, as we hold this thing with, uh, with open arms. We lay them down. Um, so this is a prayer about laying down. Would you, would you pray it with me? Good Father, glorify yourself and all that you are creating. I return to you my will that you might conform it to your good pleasure. I return to you my life that you might continue it in the abundance of your provision. May I know your grace as it passes through me into the lives of others. And may evil be granted no place to hide from the light of your presence. Thank you for sharing your time with us. And we'd love for the journey to continue. If you're a guest, would you consider reaching out to us? We would love to come alongside and encourage you in any way that we can. If you're someone who's joined us today and you are desperately reaching to find hope wherever you can, again, Jesus came that we would find hope. You can find hope today. If you want to send us a short note, a member of our hope team would reach out quickly, promptly, to come alongside and see what we can do to encourage you in whatever storm you might find yourself in. That's why Jesus came, and that's why we're here. Jesus said there's two ways to live your life, and a wise man, a wise woman, builds their life on Jesus' instructions. God bless.